4081evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. Steve Schmi joined by the Rickster Ricky V-Rock. What's up, buddy? We're going to do a Q&A today, right? Yeah, that's right, Steve. Hey, what's up, guys? 481, we got a nice long Q&A. We've been doing some of these uh, rehash episodes, and most of you guys listening probably haven't been listening to the podcast for a full year. And so these uh, these uh, uh, rehash episodes are a really good way to bring back some really good old material that Steve and I did that is still good today. There, there really haven't been any new major studies that are going to uh, contradict any of the beliefs we already did in these other podcasts. So they're very relevant. They're up to today. We're still around. You guys can contact us on evolutionary.org, elitefitness.com, and a Bolex. Uh, you guys can go to rikivrock.com and find me. You can uh, hit up Steve Schmee. You basically can get out there, guys, and, and find us. We're, we're still around. We're just doing these rehashes as a service to, to you guys to see some of these really good older content that we've had that maybe is buried inside of hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And you, you might not just be able to find on your own. These really good episodes. So we're putting them out for you. Today, we got a brand new episode, not a rehash. We're going to do some uh, some really nice, uh, cool, fun, uh, not fully steroid, but somewhat um, fitness, not fully steroid questions, and uh, we're ready to go. So what's the first question, Steve? Yeah, we do have a couple of steroids. We have, a, you know, all steroids tied into these. This is going to be a fun one. So first one, uh, definitely we can tie steroids into this question. Do you believe in recomping? So I'm going to take this one first um, and recomping, you know, we first have to obviously understand what recomping is. So in the, you know, fitness bodybuilding community, we refer to recomping as the ultimate unicorn. It's the ability to lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time. And of course you may know a lot of people who, have you know they comment on on this type of thing and they think that muscle can turn into fat or fat can turn into muscle and obviously fat and muscle are, are obviously two different things i mean if you go to the go to the butcher shop and look at a piece of meat you can see that there's fat on the meat and then there's the muscle part of the steak and then there's you know it's it's two different things okay so to be able to lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time, that's called recomping. It's one of the most challenging things in bodybuilding. And many people will work really, really hard to do that. And it takes a lot of skill, takes a lot of experience, takes, takes genetics. It takes using these PEDs to your advantage, these steroids. It takes understanding diet. It takes training takes a lot of factors. So obviously when you resistance train, you weight train, you strength train, you have the ability to put on muscle. You're training your body to have to get stronger and have to grow bigger muscle because it's going to have to adapt to that, you know, that load that you're putting on it. So, and then when it comes to fat loss, bottom line with fat loss is that fat on your body is stored energy that your body has stored to be used at a later time. If we go back in time, a hundred thousand years, human beings didn't walk around with, with body fat on their stores because food was a challenge 
you know, if you wanted to eat something, you'd have to go find it. You'd either have to hunt for it. You'd have to scavenge for it. You'd have to, you know, come across a fruit tree. You'd have to trade something for it. It took effort. It took work. So our ancestors, you know, never had body fat on their frame, but today we all have too much body fat than what we would like. So the challenge is being able to do those two things at the same time, which is drop the body fat and put on muscle. So, you know, long story short on this, I could, I could talk about this for an hour, but the long story short is, do I believe in recomping? Yes, but a lot of it is going to boil down to factors that may be beyond your control. You know, uh, in terms of genetics, that's, that's beyond your control. I mean, if you have the genetics to be great at math, if you have the genetics to be great at putting a, you know, computer stuff, being a geek, if you have the genetics to be a great bodybuilder, it's going to make a huge difference on whether you're going to be able to recomp. Generally, though, if you are someone who has an excessive amount of body fat on your frame, I would tell you that recomping is going to not likely to be, you're not going to be successful at it unless you just let yourself go recently and you used to be really lean. And then you went back to eating a a good diet and exercising again, then you could, you could, yeah, you could recomp, you could, the fat would come off and you'd be able to put on muscle. That's kind of cheating, but like all things being equal, if you're 20% body fat and you come to me and you say, yeah, Steve, I want to recomp. I want to drop this body fat from 20% to 10% and also put on strength and muscle. I'm going to tell you, it's just not plausible. All right. I mean, I want to know how long have you been 20% body fat? Oh, I've been at least 17, 18% body fat for the past 10 or 15 years. I'm going to tell you, yeah, that's not going to happen. Because I'm going to tell you the best thing to do in that situation is going to cut is going to be cut down your body fat first. You cut down your body fat first, get as lean as you can, and then you can use PEDs to kind of bulk back up, but bulk the smart way where you're putting on good quality lean muscle mass. And then that would be the order you want to do. You want to cut down the fat, then put on the muscle. But if you've went from being really, really, we saw this during the pandemic of 2020 and 2021, where we saw a lot of guys, they stopped going to the gym. They got depressed. They got lazy. They put on a lot of fat and they their muscle and strength went away because they weren't, they weren't working out anymore. Right. And then once the pandemic was over or slowed down, they got back into the gym. They started eating good. They got motivated again. They got back into the dating scene. It could be also someone who got married. You maybe got married for two or three years, got divorced. Now you're back to dating again. You want to look good for, you know, to attract, you know, the, um, attract people, you know, uh, you're, you're ready to, to, to mingle. Right. And you want to look good. Right. It gives you an advantage over your peers to, to look good. So in those situations, recomping is much more plausible, but someone, you know, if you've been overweight for 15, 20 years, it's just not plausible where you're just going to be able to hop on some juice and you're magically going to go from 20% to 10% body fat, get ripped in, put on strength and muscle at the same time. It's not scientifically plausible unless you have like top 0.1% genetics or something like that. So that would be, that would be my belief, Rick, but what's your, what's your belief on this? Uh, my belief is a, is a little bit different. Um, 
I'm along the same lines as you, but I take a different angle on it. Uh, recomp- recomposition has been proven over and over and over and over again. If we just talk about recomposition as being uh, losing body fat while gaining muscle mass, man, there's so many rodent and human studies out there for everything from testosterone to even fucking clenbuterol to egdisteron uh, to tercesterone uh, to, to fa- I mean, there's a ton of everything from herbs to stimulants to obviously steroids. They've shown Oh, the test subjects on average lost this much body fat and gained this much lean mass. And there's always that. It's happened many a times, many, many a test, uh, clinical studies, reputable subjects lose body fat and gain lean mass. Now, what, what, when we're talking about recomping as far as bodybuilders go, right, is the degree to which you do it. If you're 20% of, if you're, let's say, 20, 30 pounds of body fat overweight, and you lose three pounds of body fat and you gain three pounds of muscle, you technically kind of sort of recomp. You just won't be able to fucking tell that you did. I mean, three pounds of muscle, um, it's not going to look like anything if you're, you know, if you got a layer of 20 something extra pounds of body fat that you don't, that you don't need. But the recomping, the, the, you know, the subjects that were 50 pounds overweight, lost five pounds of body fat and gained, you know, 3.8 pounds of muscle mass with this different change in diet and physical activity, man, we've seen those even from just natty, just, just natural work, like get off your ass and, and lift a little bit of weights that, that 50 pounds over guy is going to lose body fat and gain some muscle mass at the very same time. We've seen that. It's just what bodybuilders, when we're talking about it, you listening to it, you want to lose all the 30 pounds of, of body fat while gaining and replacing that with 30 pounds of, of muscle mass. That's when it gets tricky. That's when you've got to use some serious, serious chemistry. That's when you got to get get bold and really, uh, you know, throw all the socks. I mean, you got a time restricted feeding, deep caloric deficit. You know, maybe some appetite suppressants. Definitely steroids and anabolics to maintain your muscle mass. A training regimen that takes advantage of of the times where you're at the least caloric intake and most caloric intake. What I like to do, especially on steroids, I mean, this works great for steroids. Training the AM on an empty stomach cardio, burn a little bit of fat. Afternoon, nighttime, after you've had some protein, stimulate muscles with some really hard, hard weights and, uh, and go to sleep and recover till tomorrow, do it all over again. That's a pretty good recomp uh, a program. If you're on steroids, it works. So really, it's the degree to where you want to do things. I mean, look, even... They've taken fat asses off their ass that have never trained before, made them do a little bit of, of elliptical and a little bit of pink weights, pink rubber weights, and they lost body fat and gained muscle mass. I mean, something to the tune of like five, 10 pounds of body fat loss and like three, four pounds of muscle mass gain. Natty, natty with just some, some, some regular diet changes. So if we get super, super exogenous, super physical, supernatural physical uh, hormone, androgen hormone injections. And then we go with deep caloric deficits. We time our training properly. We do all of that. Uh, and then recomposition becomes, becomes a real reality. It's just, it's the degree to how you do it is how hard it is. You know, if you're, if you're trying to lose 20 pounds of, of body fat and gain 10 to 15 of muscle at the same time, and you're trying to do it in, you know, just a few short months, um, you're going to need some fucking steroids. It's kind of, kind of where it's at. That's a challenge of bodybuilding. A lot of guys just, 
you know, if you're new to the game, you know, don't give up. Like after two, three months, we see this a lot. Gym members, um, talk to any former gym owner or current gym owner. They'll say people sign up, they'll sign up for a year, they'll come for a couple months and then they'll never come again. And that's just, that's just how it goes. Um, bodybuilding is a grind and that's what makes it challenging, you know, in recomping, there's nothing better than accomplishing a recomp. There's nothing better and more satisfying than accomplish a re, uh, recomp. So I'm, this one leads to the next one, Ricks, for you. Why don't my abs pop even at low body fats? Why don't you take this one? Uh, you know, abs, um, abs have a lot to do with genetics and development. You know, I'm one of those lucky SOBs that my abs uh, show even when I'm in the, in the mid to uh, middle teens to, to higher teens. In body percentage, my abs will still pop, even you know, even like that, you know, still, I'll still get nice uh, a definition. It has a lot to do with your training too. If they're not fully developed, don't expect them to pop just like that. I mean, if they're not fully developed, if you haven't really, you know, developed and and and, and matured your ab, your abdominals with different training, different exercises throughout the years. You're just not going to get those deep valleys, those deep splits for the skin to fold into to make them look the way they do. It's got to be a combination of low body fat with just hard ab training with additionally to that, just some genetics, you know, some genetics, my, my abs split pretty good without, without me doing a ton of dedicated ab exercises, just the torque in my body side to side, hitting the heavy bag, you know, the, 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 the tour, the, the, my core exercise and with jujitsu and yoga, just kind of those exercises through so many years you know thousands of setups really i guess uh during all of my years as a, as a wrestler as a young man all of that's contributed to to pretty nice kind of separated abs that that even if i get a little bit up there in body fat though the top at least the top four are still pretty visible so um genetics full ab development and definitely uh, um low body fat you know low body fat and you will see some Olympia place winners, some guys up there on stage winning shit whose abs just don't look that great. We've had several Mr. Olympias whose abdominals just aren't all of that. Ronnie Coleman is a good example of someone who his abdominals weren't not his strongest body part. It's, it's a, there's a lot of genetics to it, even freaks, even freaks that get down to four or 5% body fat are at over 250 pounds of, uh, of man meat, just, just 250 pounds of just muscle meat. And they, and, and they're, they're shredded, they're veiny and their abs just don't look that impressive. A lot of it is genetics too. What do you think, Steve? Well, first of all, with abs, you got to remember, um, like as Rick pointed out, if they're covered up by fat, you're not going to see them. Okay, so that could be what it is. Maybe you're 13, 14% body fat. So you can kind of see your abs. But if they're covered by that excess fat, which as men, we tend to store fat, excess fat around our belly, unfortunately. So, well, maybe it's a fortunate thing. I don't know. I mean, would you want to store excess fat on your arms? I mean, that would look kind of weird. Um, so at the end of the day, you've got to get your body fat lower if you want to get rid of that excess fat around your belly. That's, you can't, spot train you know you're not gonna be able to spot train so one of the best ways to get your body fat lower is fasted cardio because when you do fasted cardio your body 
has to attack those fat stores to get energy from versus eating something, then going and doing cardio, then your body tap into the, that glycogen from that food. It's not going to have any reason to go after your, your fat store. So if you do a long fast, then do cardio and then eat your meal after, that would be a great way to kind of go after those stubborn fast stores. You can use um, Yohim Flame, which is sold at N2BM.com. You, you put on the Yohim Flame around your stubborn fat areas and then go do the cardio. And then that would be perfect. That would be the perfect way to do it because that Yohim Flame actually can help burn off that excess fat. So it kind of absorbs into the skin, gets in there and really, really hits those fat stores. So, um, and then developing your abs is important. Um, if you're a skinny guy and you've, you know, you've got, you know, you have the ability to pop out your abs, right? So you really have to get your abs. The thing about the abs that people don't understand is they're a muscle group that can be worked out daily. So we hear stories of people doing like 100 sit-ups every day. Maybe that's something you should be doing. Try to do 25, try to do 50, try to do 75, try to do 100 sit-ups every morning. You know, it doesn't take very long. And then that's going to really, really suck in your belly. When you're doing your sit-ups, suck in your belly. Yeah, vacuum, vacuum. Vacuum in because you don't, you don't want to push the muscle out. Another thing, guys, and you know, uh, you guys know about my, my supplement brand. You guys know about my products. Entuslin, guys, Entu- visit entuslin.com or go to entuslinx.com. We just updated the version and I've already got plans of updating it a little bit more for the next run. And guys, Entuslin is the best over-the-counter supplement to take with your stereocycle if you're trying to recomp. If you're trying to recomposition, if that is your goal, Entuslin, that's what I, that's what I designed it for, guys. I, I tend to have, when it comes to carbohydrates, I got pretty shitty carbohydrates genetics. Meaning if, if I just stay on beef and on, and on vegetables and, and, and lean meat, man, is it effortlessly to, go, to lose body fat. I mean, I look like just a ripped freaking caveman. But when I splurge on the carbs, when I have even, even too much sugars from fructose, even a lot of fruit, breads, things like that, that I add to my diet because I burned quite a bit of calories. Majority of my training is not just in the gym lifting weights, guys. I mountain bike, MMA paintball even going there and i actually spar a little bit i'm I'm helping a buddy of mine's get ready for a fight so we've been wrestling a lot i i have to put turning the calories and even if my cardio is top notch even if my body's performing well i will look like a like a fatty i'll look like a like a fatty heavyweight champion you know tyson fury style really if my diet is too full of carbs if i stay with the lean beef and with the with the vegetables same activity level I, turn, I just turn shredded. So, and, and that has to do with insulin response, you know, insulin resistance to the food you eat. Entuslin is just that food that allows me to, to kind of just get leaner and leaner and shift and recomp without having to do too much to my diet. I, I do have to make sure to take the Entuslin, the appropriate amount of Entuslin before each and every meal. That that I surely have to do. I have to have that consistency. But I can do more carbs than usual. I can do more, more sweets and sugar uh, in my diet than I normally could when I'm on that Entuslin because it helps regulate that. I'm sure you guys have met people that can eat almost anything they want and they, and they stay pretty lean anyway. Entuslin kind of shifts your 
insulin balance, the way insulin works in the body to, to make your fat cells more insulin resistant and to make your muscle cells more sensitive to the insulin. It shifts your natural body composition percentage points. And you do have to be consistent with it. That, that's kind of the hard part is making sure you take those one to three to four capsules. It depends on how many carbohydrates you're having for that meal. And, and take those a good 30 to 45 minutes, have that discipline before every meal. Um, your body will recomposition pretty easily on its own without any major changes in your lifestyle, just with what you're doing right now. So for example, if you're one of these guys or gals, because it's great for girls too, your diet is pretty good for what you know you can do. Your, your training is pretty consistent for what you know you can do. But months and months later, you still can't get as lean and as ripped as you like to look without changing anything you're doing other than making sure to carry a bottle of Entuslin in your gym bag, have a bottle of Entuslin at the house, have another bottle of Entuslin in the car. And as long as you just make sure to always take your Entuslin before every meal, your body will recomp and shift. You won't get any hungrier. You won't notice much of any huge difference in the way you feel other than you walk around with a nice pump. You walk around like you just did a set everywhere. And um, you're going to gain about three to five pounds of, of it's kind of, it's really is lean mass. It's, it's just your, it's your muscles, your muscles taking in a lot of those nutrients out of the blood system and kind of filling up, filling up to their capacity with, with carbs, with glycogen, filling up to their capacity. But you're not, I'm not going to sit here and lie to everyone. You're not going to gain two or three pounds every week. This is just like a carb load. This is like your muscles loading up with carbohydrates because they're more sensitive. And you just walk around with a little pump, a little carb load everywhere. And that's just the, the initial two to five pound bump most guys get in the first week or two on the product. And then you, you keep that as long as you're taking it. You're, while you're working out, you're going to gain mass a, a, a quicker. If you're on steroids, it should multiplies the way steroids work. Um, because we all know insulin makes your muscle cells way more sensitive to steroids. That's why guys take insulin and time it um, with their orals and things like that. So definitely Entuslin. Go to Entuslin.com and the number two, S-L-I-N.com or S-L-I-N-X.com. Entuslin X or Entuslin, either of those websites will work. And check out Entuslin, guys. It's the best over-the-counter product for recomposition. I figured out my recomposition cycle worked better when I manipulated the way my body, um, the way my body used the, the, the glucose. And, and I started with little different herbs and things and little regimens before eating and things like that. And I figured out, man, this formula is freaking incredible. It, it, it takes me from being a genetically fatty as somebody who's prone to be genetically fatty from just a little bit of carbs, like Guys, if I just walk in front of a bakery and I smell the bread too much, boom, belly pop. I mean, just titties, titties on my chest, just from smelling a bakery in the morning, right? So I, I have, you know, Entuslin really helped me shift that. It helped, my body looks a lot leaner than, uh, than my diet, than it should look for the kind of diet that I, that I kind of have. Uh, and you know what, guys? Um, it's still, man, it's still, still, still very, very lean for the kind of diet that I have. And it's got, got to do with Entuslin, just kind of, just kind of shifting my, my internal chemistry to, to, to make it like I'm one of those guys that can eat anything and never, never gain fat, never get fat. We, we've all met people like that. And it really has to do with insulin response. And at that point is genetic, but we can use an Entuslin. You can shift it quite a bit. So um, what else you got, Steve? I think weighted sit-ups, 
are wonderful. I think just understanding, you know, the abs is the great truth behind what resistance and weight training is all about. It's about, you know, you're basically destroying that muscle and then having it recover. So it's very important to understand though, but abs are different than other muscle groups and that abs can be worked on a daily basis, but other muscle groups, obviously you're not going to be able to pound your chest every day, your shoulders every day, your back every day, but the abs, yes, you can pound your abs every day and give them a good beat down and they will recover very, very quickly. So I, I would say if you really want to develop your abs, make a commitment to do 10 minutes every day of weighted sit-ups or just sit-ups, anything to, to really burn those abs and make sure you do different types of sit-ups, not just crunches. You just do crunches. You're only going to work certain parts of the abs. You want to make sure you do different ones um, that, that work out your abs. I'm not a fan of when I see like an overweight person in the gym doing the ab machine. You ever seen that? And it's even worse when it's a personal trainer who has an, an overweight person doing them because you're not going to be able to like do sit-ups if you've got a big belly and the belly is going to go away. It doesn't work like that. You have to get rid of the fat first and then you can focus on uh, building up the abs. So building up the abs is the easy part for, for most of you. It's getting rid of that excess fat around the belly. That's the hard part. So it's going to take, it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some effort for sure. So next one is going to be, how long do you rest between sets on cycle? So this is a really good question. Um, you know, the science says that using anabolic steroids, and this is just a rough, everything being equal type of example, it would be you recover twice as fast while you're on anabolic steroids because anabolic steroids do things in the body, like increased protein synthesis, for example. So when it comes to in-between sets, does that mean that I can rest half the amount of time between sets? No, obviously that has nothing to do with it. Um, I would say when you're on cycle, there's certain things that change. You're going to get more pumps depending on what you're using. If you're using anabolic steroids that increase pumps, trend, winstrol are incredible, obviously dianable. Those dianable pumps are incredible. Anavar, uh, if you're using those steroids, you're going to notice huge pumps. So you may have to take a little longer in between sets just to get let the pumps kind of relax a little bit before you hit another set. Just, you know, from, from having those pumps. So I would say it really, I, I would say it really doesn't matter, man, between sets. I would say if anything, you have to take longer between sets because you're also, he you know, lifting heavier weight. When I was on trend, I was lifting, I was benching over 400. So, I mean, you bench that much weight. I was taking five, six, five, six minutes in between sets. So I'd get up and kind of walk around the gym a little bit. I'll take a good five, five, six minutes. I'd keep an eye on the clock. You know, the gym, every gym has a clock up there that's visible. I would take a, take a look at it and be like, okay, well, it's, it's 425. I'm going to wait till about 430, 431 to do my next set. I wanted to give my, my muscles a chance to breathe and, and get back you know, some, some get back, you know, so the strain, so I didn't pound my, my body too much. You know, uh, 
I, I wouldn't be able to take a minute or two minutes between sets when I was strength training, doing that much weight, you see? But not, when I'm not on trend, I can't do over 400. So you have to factor that in. So it really just depends, you know? If you're just doing the bodybuilding thing, you know, you're not, you don't care about strength. I mean, gosh, I would sometimes take 25, 30 seconds in between sets. I would just go for the burn. I'm like, let's burn this shit out of my muscles. You know, I love that feeling, you know? So it really, really, it really depends. So I would tell this person, I understand where you're coming from, but when you're on cycle, you know, it really it, it doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means when it comes to how your workouts are going to change. Don't think, yeah, I'm going to go on cycle. So now I'm going to take half as much time in between sets that it's just, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work like that. It can work the other way. That's pretty much my point. Rick, why don't you take a different angle on and give me your, your thoughts on this. It depends uh, what, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, uh, how and what you're doing. I'll give you guys just three kind of examples, and then you you tell me what, what you guys think. So, um, usually when I when I bench, I do so much chest exercises. I really I give myself quite a bit of rest time in between, so that way I can get under the bar and do the same kind of weight or, or increase the weight a little bit. Um, that exercise, chest itself, and um, squats are some that I, I give myself plenty, plenty of rest time in between when I'm trying to do higher weights. Um, when I am trying to go in there and, and really break a sweat and try to be in and out, either I'm cutting or whatever, then I'll just do less weight and I'll take less time in between sets or I'll start dropping my weight and I'll take less time in between sets, way less time. Um, the other, the third option for where um, it affects my rest time is uh, when I do arms and I don't do arms quite often, actually, guys, I'm going to confess. I do arms maybe once or twice a month uh, because I like my arms being, I don't like my arms being sore so that, you know, jujitsu and, and, you know, and boxing and things like that. I, I've got, I've got good flexibility. I don't get tired. Like it's not a good look, um, you know, getting tired and getting submitted in jitsu or like giving up sparring and you're like, oh, I'm just, just on steroids and doing too much uh, arm exercises. Like that's not a good look. So I only really work out my arms um, a couple of times a, a month, maybe once every other month. And it's, and it's all got to be centered around me not sparring that week and not having a lot of jujitsu to do. So I don't get sore. And and when I do do an arm workout, I do the Kai Green arm workout, which is about 600 repetitions, 300 for your biceps, 300 for your triceps. And the only way that you can get out of the gym at a decent time is if you superset it without any rest time in between. So I'll just go to the big rack where they keep all the preloaded, um, all the preloaded easy uh, curl bars. Every gym has a, a big triangular rack where there's preloaded easy curls and preloaded straight bars. I'll grab whatever is there. Sometimes uh, I'll grab easy. Sometimes I'll grab the little straight bar that's preloaded. Then I'll, I'll take that and I'll go in front of the of the pulley where I could do a, a rope pull downs. And that'll be one I'll do. Each set is twenty repetitions. I'm sorry. So it's um it's three hundred repetitions per per muscle. Six hundred repetitions per workout, and uh, we're doing. Of five sets of five sets of twenty repetitions uh, per workout, you know, per per uh, per exercise. Five sets of twenty repetitions per exercise. So, like, I'll go um, and I'll use the 
the little preloaded uh, bar, easy bar or straight little bar for curling. Do, 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 knock that out. And then I'll grab the rope and knock out my 20. I'll take a very short break, tiny, and then I'll get back to, to biceps. And, and as you are, uh, as you're pushing the biceps, you're kind of stretching the tricep a little bit. And as you're contracting the tricep, you're kind of stretching the bicep a little bit, giving it a little bit of a rest. And um, that then, then I'll do very, very little rest. I take more rest in between exercises, but while I'm doing exercises in between sets, I don't take a lot. That's a great workout, guys. Check it out. Kai Green um, arm workout. He does it with some, some, some newbie. Him and um, Kai and the newbie do it together. And man, it's, it's a great workout. I mean, it's 20 repetitions per set, about five sets per exercise. Um, you definitely want to do about three exercises. Maybe you do four sets per exercise, do four different exercises, biceps and triceps and superset them. You know, I like supersetting them. You know, I don't think in the video, the original video I saw Kai was supersetting these. I think he took a nice rest time in between. I think he first did biceps, then triceps. But I'm not a professional bodybuilder. I don't have a fucking day. I'm trying to just get a workout and get in and get out. And, you know, the way I do that is just superset the hell out of it. And that takes less rest time. So I, I just gave you guys some ideas, really, how much time you rest in between sets has a lot to do with your body, with your goals, with the amount of time you even have to train, with who you are. If you're training for something to, to show your body off in a competition or to, or to display your power technique and speed in, in competition, you definitely would have more hours and more time and more of your energy throughout your day to be able to dedicate to training. If you are just a regular guy like me, man, regular nine to five, you don't have a, a ton of time to, to, to be in the gym. So condensing it, you know, doing uh, less rest time in between sets and just being real creative will help you get in and out of there, um, you know, get it out of there quickly. That's my opinion. What do you think, Steve? A lot of gyms you're not going to be able to. If you go there during a rush hour, you're not going to be able to take your time and do what I said earlier and go heavy, do heavy, heavy weights, you know two, three, four rep heavy. And, you know, I blew up my shoulder, by the way, <laughs> you know, bench it that much, you know, on thread. I, that's how I, I tore my, uh, my right shoulder. So, you know, it's not, it's not the most optimal thing. Um, but if you, if we work out at rush hour, which is usually like five to six o'clock, maybe six 30, depending on where you live, uh, you're not gonna be able to sit there and, do you know uh, five six sets and takes five six minutes between sets you're gonna piss off everybody waiting so um, at the end of the day you know my workouts today are quick are targeted i like to do i do heavy i do heavy uh heavy reps but not heavy weight anymore um i got three herniated discs as well i gotta always be aware of that and i don't want to make i don't want to get more herniated discs and i don't want to pinch my nerves anymore it's not worth the pain so I'm in my forties now, my workouts have changed. So I'm in the, I, I like to hit, I like to hit about 20 sets, even on cycle, 20 sets and do t 12 to 15 reps per, per set, almost a failure. And that's, that gives me the workout that I need. I don't need to do much more than that. I'm not, I'm not a, a, in my twenties here. I'm not a young buck anymore. So all right, so the next one we're going to do, this one's for you, Rick. Who are your best bodybuilder friends? Let's hear, let's hear some big names, bro. Bodybuilder names. That's funny, bro. My best bodybuilding friends. Um, I have plenty of athletes that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty friendly with, and, and we speak so often. 
Um, not really any bodybuilders. I, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that I don't really follow the IFEB that much. Um, I used to, but I don't. And the funny thing with my uh, acquaintances and in, in MMA and football and in other things, I I um I try not to speak about them. You know, I'm the steroid guru guy that admits to helping people with their steroid cycles. So um you know name dropping a. a professional athletes that I'm kind of friendly and familiar with probably not the not the best luck um there are some guys that are already retired that are spoken about here on the podcast if you've listened enough but I couldn't do that I mean what do you want me to tell you guys that are playing now that are on the field that I that I'm friendly with that I speak to look I have a I have a really good friend of mine I went to I went to high school with um I was a junior when he was a freshman and uh, he played college football. He was in the Ultimate Fighter in one of the seasons of the Ultimate Fighter. Won the Ultimate Fighter finale show. Um, him and I have remained friends. We even uh, we even trained a little bit. Uh, um, he's way bigger than me, but we've been at the gym at the same time training. He's getting ready for fights. And um, he knows I'm the steroid guru guy. He's never asked for any help. Matter of fact, he's anti-steroid. It's something he had to kind of get over with. In order for us to continue a friendship, he had to kind of get over the fact that I'm the way I feel about steroids. He doesn't feel the same way. He feels guys are cheating and beating him um, and having advantages over him and then testing dirty. So there's plenty of guys, like, but you know what? But he, so he's anti it. But if, if him and I are, if he got around that him and I are like friends and we interact a lot and we talk, uh, people might associate it and give him a bad reputation. So it's kind of like that. It's a weird situation where um i have information and i'm a cool dude so people want to be pretty cool with me but i realized that the association with me the content the podcast might be uh might lead to some some people talking shit you know some people saying hey this guy you know he's really friendly with this guy now look at his content look what everything he does and, and what's funny is um my, my really good professional athlete friends they're not, they're not asking me for steroid advice. It's just, it's just people I, I, I kind of either knew from, well, some people I knew from high school, dude. Like I was, I'm really like really good friends with, uh, with someone who directed one of the Olympic teams. And I came out and, and hung out with, with him, saw some of his stuff. He never asked me for steroid advice. It never told, I mean, nothing ever came up. Matter of fact, one of his athletes um, thought out, I, I, I had a supplement company. I could maybe uh, support him, sponsor him a little bit in exchange for some, you know, has good Instagram grind uh, being an amateur athlete, an Olympic hopeful. And I was like, dude, I, I catered to steroid users. Like, and that was the last time that kid ever spoke to me about anything. So it's, um, it's a weird, it's a weird spot that I'm in. Um, I'm the steroid guru. And I, although I have friends that are, it was funny is I had way more friends like at the, higher tiers of of professional uh or sports competition that don't ask me for any advice or anything and then there are a few guys that i've actually met because they're searching me out for steroid advice to help them with athletics and they are not that top tier the guys that i've the guys that i've had i'll, I'll give some info out the guys that have had contact me about helping them with performers they weren't that top tier uh, the couple of top tier guys that have asked me for any help has been like, oh, injury, completely off season. What's a what's a combination to recover back? 
you know, or like, hey, um, something already did, something already happened. It's not going well. How could I fix this? And I've helped a couple of like top level guys with things like that, that kind of a, that kind of a, of a realm. But no, man, I mean, some of these guys, I went to high school with, with some of these dudes and, and some of them I met, I met later on through acquaintances and um, yeah, I stay away from it, dude. I stay like the association. I try not to, um, I don't even take like selfies with them, selfies with them for IG or any of that stuff. Just I'm, I'm the steroid guy and uh, I've got to, and I've got to really be careful with my friends and, and who who that could affect or who that could could make look like a make a negative, make someone look negatively, make them look like they're doing something where they're really not, you know. So, so yeah, that's it, man. All right, yeah. So I I used to with, with Coach Trevor, we used to interview a lot of guys, uh, best trainers in the world, like Chris Asado. Um, You know, I had some conversations with him off the podcast. Very very smart guy. Um, I think he's probably the most intelligent guy, like in bodybuilding. You're not going to find too many intelligent guys in bodybuilding. It's just one of the guys I'm. I really let's really try to get, let's try to get Chris Asado back. I, I, I like him. I, I've never uh, interviewed him. That's when you and Trevor used to do the podcast. Let's try, yeah. try to get him back. And then, um, yeah, we we interviewed you know Frank Zane, former Mister Olympia. Um, he's not a guy that you know. I talked to him off, off air too. He's not a guy that I, w- I would keep in touch or be friends with. We, we interview current uh, competitors from Mr. Olympia. Uh, we interview so many different guys. Some of them, you know, have fallen by the wayside. They've chosen different careers. Some of them are still pursuing bodybuilding, but you know, coach Trevor was more into socializing with them, you know, keeping in touch, talking to them on the phone. He befriended a lot of them. I'm not, that's not my thing at all. I'm not a person that's interested really in pursuing friendships, you know, with, with people, uh, aside of professional, um, I'm all business. So, uh, to me, you know, it's, it's just not, it's just not my thing. I don't know how to exactly describe it. So I would say my best friends of bodybuilding are the guys, you know, I work with are, are you Rick mops, the, the mobster. You know, these are guys I do the podcast with, the guys on the forums. Um, you know, I try to get along with everybody. You, you do me good. I'm going to do you 10 times good. You do me bad. I'm going to be, you know, 10 times bad to you. That's just the way that, you know, we've always uh, treated the, the, you know, on the forum. So, you know, some of the guys on the forum, uh, Body Monster, he's one of my good friends on there. JP, one of my good friends. You, Rick, um, you know. So there's, there's several guys on there who, you know, who I consider friends, um, Dylan, Dylan, the G man, um, you know, we have a lot of differences, culture differences, you know, but we, you know, we're, we're, I consider him a, a friend. So, um, you know, that's just, that's just the people I could, I converse with, but I've never had the desire to per, pursue, you know, relationships with these guys who I've done interviews with or, or any of that. It's just not, it's just not my thing. Um, it's, it's not something it'd be like, it'd be like, you know, uh, pursuing a, a, a dating relationship with someone who lives a state away or on the other side of the country or something like that. It's just, to me, there's no point in doing that. I'm just going to keep things professional and, and, and go that, that route, you know, and because we talk about steroids, you know, because we talk about steroids, it's, as Rick said, it's some, it's sometimes better just to, just to keep you know, keep, keep it professional. You know, if they want, 
information. They can listen to the podcast. They can come on the forums, you know, and then that's, that's just the way, you know, that's my position on things. Does that make sense, Rick? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I look, I'm, I don't, I don't have many friends that I don't do some sort of business or work with. Most of my friends really are work friends, you know, people that we do some sort of business, some kind of work, some kind of work with, and then we end up uh, becoming, uh, becoming friendly because of that, because of the, of the work, because of the additional things we're doing. But I don't really have like a lot of uh, friends that I know that we don't, that there, there's something out, out, like there isn't, there isn't some sort of business being, being done because, uh, but honestly, man, like I've said on the podcast before, I've got this uh, ADHD situation. It takes me a little bit longer than to, to do most things than most people. And I just don't have that much time to just like socialize. I have family. I socialize with them. But um, definitely like I have to be real careful, Steve. I don't know if you, if you run into this because I, I can get like, okay, so I'm the, I'm the guy that I have acquaintances, but I'm not the guy that everybody's inviting to the to the beach house or or we're going to get together here, go there. I'm always kind of busy. So I always I'm, I'm always usually not around for those invitations and people that know me understand that, that I can't like I can't go on a road trip for two days upstate. Like, you know, I can't do I don't do shit like that. Right. I, I've got a lot of things going on, but I'm the guy people call when they have a question that nobody can answer. And uh, this became this became more real to me than ever. A couple of um, a couple of weeks ago, there was a guy who owns a supplement brand, large supplement brand. He uh, distributes all over the U.S. and he has an offshoot selling SARMs in, in Europe. And I ran into this guy a couple of times. Um, last time I, I ran into him personally was at the Colombian Mister Olympia, uh, like a year ago, two years ago. And um, he was a real dickwad. Like he acted like an asshole. And I think he had something to do with some old ass beef in the forums with someone I was I was doing business with. I mean, something stupid. Anyway, I thought the guy fucking hated me. And then he hits me up to ask me about a health situation he's having. And, um, I, you know, I looked at his stuff. I looked at everything he gave me. I gave him what I thought was my what I thought was my uh, my opinion on it. You know, like, dude, you're going to gonna have to have a little piece of cadaver of, of a cadaver tendon. Um, put in that thing and, and get it fixed, uh, dude. There's no no there's no peptides, no rest. There's nothing for that, you know. Some injuries you just got to get opened up, get things put in, just stitched back up, and then you could take your peptides and other shit on top of it. And um, and he went his merry way. So I get that a lot, bro. I get people that hit me up out of like like left field, like people I haven't talked to in like ages, and they've just got questions. Like this 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 kid I knew that. I did a, a quick project for him. It's like three years ago. Hits me up again. His mom is, is having some weird uh, blood results. They, they couldn't figure out. They couldn't figure out. And so he asked me. So I'm kind of that guy. Like, I'm the guy people don't know not to invite to, to vacation. I don't invite me to your fucking birthday party. Like, I don't do shit like that. But if you run into a problem, if you run into an issue, health-wise, fitness-wise, you can't figure out even some business problems. You can't figure, hey, Rick, I, I don't have a good label guy. I need, I need to make a, this just came up two weeks ago. I need to make some shrink wraps and, and my shrink wrap guy, he, he's booked. You have another one, quick one, you know, things like that, guys. People seek me out when they need help. And you know what? I'm cool with that. I'm not one of those guys that gets offended if you only look for me if you need something. Like, I'm cool with that. You don't have to chit chat every day. You don't have to check up on me. I'm fine. If you just need to call me when you need something, I am 100% cool with that. As long as you are too. 
You know, as long as I can hit you up with something months and months from now and say, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I hope I hope you've been all right. I haven't been checking up on you. I hope everything's all right. I need I need help. I need a solid. And I, I have a lot, dozens and dozens of people like that that I've met throughout the years uh, doing business and in this field. Uh, and that's cool. Like, I'm cool with that, man. I'm really not into that chummy stuff, man. I don't really... I've never had a friend that I hung out with every day. Like I've never had like staying at other kids' house. It's like, nah, man, I wasn't doing any of that. When I was at some other kids' house, it'd be a girl's house. You know, we'd be there. Uh, we were there supposed to be uh, um, doing extra help and homework and supposed to be doing uh, group work. But yeah, like I wasn't one of those guys, man. I'd be at work. I've been working since I was like 13, 14, man. I've been working. It's real easy to get a job when you're underage if you're, if you're in the illegal alien realm and vain, you always get work without, without being legal. It's just weird shit. So I've been working since I was a kid, never really had time for friendships for friends. It's mainly been like, we're doing some work, doing business. We talk. Otherwise we we kind of don't have to. And I'm cool with that, man. I, I love the fact that I've structured my life like that. I, it would be, if I had friends or people around me that felt like, I, for the, I had to remember and, and attend their birthday situation, or I had to remember and attend their favorite mm, holidays. I'd be, I'd be kind of fucked. You know, I, I, it, it wouldn't be great for me because I disappoint a lot of people. But instead, I have people that know me, care about me, and they just seek me out when I, when they need help. I seek them out if I need anything, and it's good. We're we're all happier for it. You know what I mean, Steve? That's how it is. Look, at the end of the day, like really, those friends, you know that. Everyone, you know, you go on their social media, they have like hundreds and hundreds of friends. They're not really friends. They're just, you know what I'm saying? It's like your real friends are, you're going to be your family in life. You're going to be your parents. You're going to be your close, close relatives. And then that, at the end of the day, I don't believe in this whole, like, oh, I, I had a buddy of mine call me up. He's like, oh, Steve, you know, let's, let's drive, you know, four hours. The, uh, one of our friends, um, is getting married from childhood. I'm like, dude, I've, I've talked to this guy literally twice in the past five years. Like, I'm not like, like, are you kidding me? He's like, Oh, Steve, it's a childhood friend. It's a childhood friend. I'm like, dude, that don't mean shit to me. All right. Like I, I th- there's no benefit for me to get in the car and go to his fucking wedding. It ain't going to change his wedding. It's not going to make a difference. Like, so, I mean, it's at the end of the day, like you've got to do, you got to, it's business. Like, I'm I'm all business. Like if you want to like be my friend, I'm all for it. Like I'm friends with everybody. I don't dislike anybody. But at the end of the day, it's business. It's business with me. You know what I'm saying? If if you can't bring the business to me, I'm probably not gonna, you know, waste my time talking yeah. to you. You know, you, you reminded me of is. something. You reminded me of something just now. One of my very best friends all through junior high and high school. My buddy. I mean, he's a good, good, solid kid. We wrestled together. Um, I mean, uh, we were really good friends. We've sort of stayed in touch this whole time. You know, I, I graduated high school in 1999. You know how old I am. And I, we've stayed in touch little by little this whole time. And when he, he's been in town, he, he moved out of state. He's been back in the state several times. We've met up maybe twice. Very casual. He's a fan of my supplements. So him and I would talk on the phone Every couple of months when he was getting ready to order something, he'd want to, he'd want to, you know, get a consult from me about what to do. And it's always been like that, man. He know he knows me, did never invited me to uh, uh, things, never did anything. Uh, we just kind of talked and stayed in touch. Uh, recently, the last, I don't know, 10 months, 
he had an, a, a huge opportunity um, and he needed he needed a, a good uh, a product designer. He needed me to design a an energy shot for him. He needed someone who could do it and bring it to fruition, you know, execute it. everything from design to provide the suppliers to help with the with the process of everything. And um, one that once that came around, he, he hit me up. He knew I had you know, 20 years of, of experience making supplements. And um, and now we talk every day, sometimes twice a day. Now we're like we're like best friends now. We because um now we have something really real to talk about it. Where it's not just hey hey man how's the family, and, and now our friendship is like stronger than even than it was even when we were kids. Just just from being in this project together now, and and honestly I look back on it now. I love this dude. He's a great great guy, man. He's he's one of the few people I've really kept in touch with. He's one of the few uh, kids that I was really kind of friends with back in school, and um. And I look at it and I'm, you know what, that's, that's, that's what I've, this is what I've basically made my life out to be. If my best buddy here was not doing some, some business, something that I could really sink my teeth into and get excited about, chances are I wouldn't even be keeping in touch with him right now. But the fact that he, you know, he's doing something, something major, and he's going to provide an opportunity for me now. Now it's like uh, we're back to like being best friends. And I don't know if that's some people out there might listen to this and be like, oh, Rick, you're a fucking asshole. Okay, I get it. All right. But um, I'm not trying to leech off of people either. I just, my time of the day, my energy is so limited. I really have to spend it on growth and, and people that are going somewhere. And friendships are fine. But um, I like those friendships better when they're attached to like we're doing something together, some kind of project, some kind of something. Even if we're playing on a team and we're just going to win local team something, you know, we're, we're a paintball team, you know, and we're even that, but at least we're fucking doing something, you know, like there's, there's more to talking than eating food or, or, or having drinks or, or barbecues. Like there's more to what we do or what we, what we get together for than just like idle time. Like if you, if you hit me up, it's cause you, you know, me, we, we mountain bike together. We, we, we roll at dojo. You know what I mean? We, uh, you know, we link up to go see the, the guys at the fight. You know, we go to the Capital together, watch kickboxing down in Chinatown. You know, like we're doing something serious. I don't have these kind of like, oh, hey, hi and bye friends. I don't know. That's just stupid. You got, we got to be doing something business or it's got to be some kind of recreational activity. I'm really into it. And I've got to admire your performance. Otherwise, I just don't invest. I don't invest time like that. I don't invest yeah. my time. Like your that. best friend, if you got kids, your best friend should be your kid. Like that's that's what you need. Like if the kid says my dad's my best friend, you say my son's my best friend. That is the the best relationship you can have right there. That's very sweet. And then the end of the day, you want a friend? Go get a dog. All right. All right. So the next question we have here, Rick. We only have a couple minutes left, so make this quick. I'll make it quick as well. What do you take with you to the gym while you're on cycle? So, you know, I'm gonna answer this in a, in a minute or two. Look, at the end of the day, on cycle, off cycle, don't mean shit to me, all right? First off, if you're implying that we're going to take steroids with us to the gym, that's not going to happen, all right? The gym is one of the most dirty places, all right? And there's absolutely no reason to take the steroids with you and, and pin yourself in a locker room or something, all right? It just doesn't make any sense. So if you're implying, like, what do you take with you? I'd like to, you know, after I'm done with work or before work, make sure I evacuate. Make sure I'm decently hydrated. And, you know, I go to the gym. I take a small, small water bottle, 
and I take my headphones because I don't want to listen to the shitty music they play. That's it. I don't take wraps. I don't take straps. I don't take gloves. I don't take a belt. I don't take a big gym bag with, with a change of clothes. I don't even go to the locker room, you know? So at the end of the day, I don't need anything. I just take that. What do you that. listen to, Steve? What do, what do you listen to in your earphones? I, I just, I don't, what kind of music taste do you have? What do you listen to in your earphones, bro? I like to listen to like good, you know, I actually like, uh, like eighties, eighties music, the eighties genre. Um, that's what, that's what I'm into. So you listen to Cindy Lauper while you're doing raps? Dude, like at the end of the day, as if it's from the, as long as it's a good song from the eighties, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm not one of these people. So like, I so like when you, so like when you're, when you're doing foam rolling, you're also Rick rolling in your earphones. Exactly. We love, we love Rick. Yeah. Rick, Rick Astley for sure. Tell me, you tell me your top five eighties. I'm a, I'm a lift this fucking new PR songs. Like what if you, if you, if there was an eighties song <laughs> that you wanted to have in your earphones to hit your new PR, what would it be? Dude, I'm not sure. But what I used to do when I was lifting, when I was lifting heavy, I would uh, listen to Sirius satellite radio and I would, you know, grab songs off of there. And then I'd put them on my, uh, my earbud from there. So that's what I I'm do. Building, now you don't, now you don't need to do that. Now you can just go, dude, all you need now is just go on YouTube and connect your. Do you still take a, if you're listening to 80s music, do you still take a Walkman with you or are you using like an MP3 player or use usually your phone? No, I don't take my phone to the gym. So I don't, I definitely don't take my phone. I'm, I, my phone doesn't belong in the gym. I'll take one. Of, I still got one of those old ass little square, whatever the hell they call them. It's, it's hilarious. You still have to connect it to your like USB to your computer to charge. So yeah, I'm definitely like old school. I got some like old ass Dr. Dre headphones with that are like taped together because a part of it like came undone. I had to right. tape the, the cable together. So that's, that's what I think. That's it, bro. Like I don't need shit. The only reason I, I, I take music with me is so I don't have to listen to the dreadful shit that the, the gym plays. Other than that, if it was a quiet gym, I wouldn't take anything. I would just take a little so- bit of water and, and go. And frankly, I don't even really drink water while I'm training. Did you walk your cat this morning already? Yeah, I walk them. I walk them every day. Yeah. So, so on a tip, so on a typical Monday, on any given Monday, you might put your cat on a leash and go walk them. Then you'd get you hit to the gym, put on your earphones and listen to '80s music, Cindy Lauper and, and the type while you train. And then you'd get home at night uh, and you'd make love to your old lady. And even though she's on birth control and you're wearing a condom, you still pull out because you pull out 150 percent of the time that you have sex. Would that be typical kind of Monday for Steve or not? <laughs> yeah. If I, yeah. That sounds, that sounds good, man. It sounds that's about right, day. right? Yeah, that's good. Either that or the stripper. Either that or the stripper. Either, either that or you're, or you're going to dinner with a stripper. All right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So give us 30 seconds. 30, we only have 30 seconds left. Give us what do you take. What does the Rickster take with him to the gym? Just a fucking towel. I take my earphones, my phone, and just a towel. I'm I'm one of those annoying people that takes time in between sets to answer text messages and send phone messages. One of the things I try to do is I do my best to always be available. So um, all of my customer support uh, for my supplements go to my phone. All of my training um, and consultation clients go to my phone. All of my, uh, you know, uh, business owners that that ask me for help and um content stuff for the businesses all got it's all in this one point of contact is on my phone 
on my phone, I answer. All of you guys' comments on YouTube, I answer on my phone. All of you guys' messages and questions on the forums, I answer on my phone. All of you guys' messages and questions on Facebook and Instagram, I answer on my phone. Your text. So basically, um, um, I just, uh, I just a phone in my phone and a towel. They're really, I, I usually get water at the, at the gym. Um, sometimes a big jug of water. And that's about it. Once in a while, I'll, I'll preload my uh, my shaker with uh, with something in there, maybe some protein powder, maybe my pre workout in the shaker beforehand. Carry it on the car, and then when it's time to go to the gym, I'll I'll take it, I'll fill it with water, and then you know, and reconstitute <laughs> that powder that's that's in there. And that's about it, guys. I mean, I, you shouldn't be taking anything else to the gym, really. You shouldn't be taking any steroids to the gym. I found steroid pills at the gym before. You shouldn't really be, I mean, if you're a diabetic, maybe take your insulin, right? I mean, if, but, but I mean, what else? There, you shouldn't be taking steroids at the gym. Shouldn't be taking orals. Some of you guys that work and you don't get to stop home before taking your orals, take your fucking orals in the car, all right? Don't, don't go in the gym touching nasty shit, go all over the place, and then stick your hands in your pockets trying to grab an oral and toss it in your mouth. Wash your hands, <laughs> you know, manipulate your oral, touch it in your mouth, do it in the car, do it before you get to the gym. Gyms are nasty, guys. Gyms are, I mean, we're sweating, perspiring, you know, throwing a... a People are wiping their ass and then touching the bar. Dude, gyms are fucking nasty, guys. Gyms are nasty. Gyms gyms are nasty. People are, you know, people are like fresh showered out of of bed in the house. And then they're put on the same old crusty ass fucking gloves. They've been, been there, just a big Petri dish. And, um... So, yeah, I mean, gyms is no place to be taking orals or taking anything, in my opinion. That does it. So this was another Q&A episode. Great questions. Keep coming. We'll talk to you next week with a different one. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.